we love it when the main character does something cool, right? I mean, come on. Nothing like a badass line. They'll be using one of those funk edits, and then the main character just rips shit, right? Well, not always. Because sometimes you really fucking hate them, despite how much the story seems to love them. And when you look around, you'd expect to find someone in real life that actually enjoys them. But you don't. And suddenly you realize what's going on. Mary Sue. The most hated character archetype ever conceived. Beloved, perfect, beautiful, annoying as shit. So, how do you avoid writing one? What really is a Mary Sue? And why is it so often just mean a hero with a vagina? This time, on Why Are You Talking About This? Nerd. and welcome to another episode of Waytat Nerd. I am your host, William, and I will be your guide to the world of self-absorbed writers writing their self-insert characters into the exact situations they wish that they were in. Oh, fuck. But anyways, it means the world to have my voice in your head as you think you're listening to a podcast. What, you thought this was real? It's not. You're making it all up and hearing exactly what you want to hear. And if you're listening with someone else right now, they're hearing something entirely different. Also, flick them in the nutsack before they think that I'm saying to flick you in the nutsack. Okay, and episode... No, on recover. Alright. Now, episode 20 is next episode. So, get ready for that. Uh, Also, I start advertising it about, like, Five to six episodes too early. Probably should have started that around episode 14 or 15. But I mean, yeah, fuck me, right? But make sure to still send stuff in for that episode, because until I basically post it, it isn't too late. I mean, maybe I still have, like, editing and scripting and stuff to do. I might add in something uh, a little late, but still. Um, Also, I'm going to be adding some stuff after episode 20, particularly on YouTube. Uh, I'll be posting old episodes there, as well as doing my very special side project. And, uh, no, it's not bonus episodes or something high effort. Uh, it's just something to help boost the audience, as well as, you know, get some more content out there for you guys. But, regardless, make sure to share this episode, make your friends and whoever you happen to have shackled in your bed right now, uh, listen, leave a review, and, you know, all the other content creator shit. And let's get into the show. (laughs) 
Just kidding. I know if you're listening to this, you're the one shackled to the bed. Uh, but this episode, we're going to be talking about Mary Sue's, and holy shit, I gotta say, this episode very well might be one of those ones that makes me a bit mad. Because this is a combination of bad writing, sexism, and gatekeeping kind of episode. So, let's start by defining what a Mary Sue is. Mary Sue, in most basic and common terms, is a character, usually a young woman, that is uniquely powerful or has weird talents and powers that are much better than anything else in the story's universe, is inexplicably competent, is either loved or well-respected by most, if not all, of the other characters, has no character flaws or weaknesses besides caring too much and loving all of her friends, is virtuous and oftentimes chaste, and is extremely attractive. And usually they're also the main character and usually they're also the main character and are generally an author self-insert. And Mary Sue's are also usually author wish fulfillment. However, this isn't the only term used to describe this kind of character, because, you know, this is obviously gendered. The other term would be a Marty Stew, a Gary Stew, a Marty Sue, a Gary Sue. Whatever other two male names you can imagine to combine that sounds like a Mary and a Sue. So, a Marty Stew, or as I've often heard it uh, referred to as a Gary Sue, so I might slip into saying that a few times, uh, is a male version of a Mary Sue with all the same traits but with some different connotations and context. Because for women, a Mary Sue is usually a self insert in the sense of, wow. Isn't it nice to be a woman and not be questioned and also to just generally be liked for who you are? While Marty Stews are more wish fulfillment in the same way that men getting their self-martyr complexes and having those fantasies of uh, getting into a fistfight at the gas station and pulling out some crouching tiger hidden dragon shit is a power fantasy. Marty Stews are often perfect in every way, are ultra badasses, and have a massive hog. I I mean, massive. Uh, and they're also usually incredibly dominant in every field that's relevant to the story, and, I mean, some that aren't relevant to the story, and they have a ton of traits that make them an impossible badass hero, like being exceptionally rich and being a super spy at the age of 20. However, even if they are a super badass spy or super soldier or uh, unbelievably powerful magic user or whatever, they don't have any of the associated trauma or disassociation from reality, and instead are usually very, very cultured and very, very suave. And the thing is, is that a lot of people hate this character archetype or trope. It, It's kind of both. And it's exceptionally common to see even the accusation of being a Mary Sue nearly ruin a character or a story's public perception. And yet, we still see it happen all the time. So, with that in mind, let's now ask why this even happens in the first place. Basically, what happens uh, is that a new or young writer doesn't know what they're doing yet, and is doing one of the three following things. Firstly, they're making a self-insert character. If this is the case, then... Normally what they're doing is trying to put themselves into the world, which is cool, but the problem is that they lack the self-reflection capacity to understand that they aren't perfect and that some people just straight up don't like them or wouldn't like them. So what they do is they sit down and go, 
Well, my mom likes me, and I think I'm pretty cool. My teacher said I'm good at math. So they make a super awesome hacker man with an 18-inch pecker and IQ of 570 and has two girlfriends that are totally cool with the setup but also go to a different school so you wouldn't know who they are. Secondly, they're doing wish fulfillment, which is similar to the self-insert but can be more broad. Like the self-insert, this is usually a lack of self-awareness and self-reflection. However, However, this isn't always focused on their own characterization. Sometimes this is instead of them writing their dream love interest, dream best friend, or dream really any kind of relationship and have just massively fucked it because they know not what they do. You know, like that one time that the Romans did a whoopsie and killed the son of God. Uh, so what'll happen is an author will get way too horny and make a shy, big-tittied, but no back problems, so- unless it's quote-unquote necessary for the plot, soft goth love interest everyone instantly falls in love with and is perfect in every way and also has super cringe but totally badass and not at all like all those other powers blood magic powers that just so happen to leave her just physically weak enough to need to be nursed back to health by their unsurprisingly similar to the author side character best friend and recovers unimaginably quick and unlike the author everyone hates her and no not because of any of those personality traits, but because she's perfect and it's annoying and we fucking hate her. Also, I will say, I have a specific character in mind, but it's literally impossible for you to know who it is unless you're one person specifically. And if they're listening, (laughs) if they're listening to this, they're going to call me out so fucking hard. Uh... Alright, um, and finally, it's a tactic to attempt to make a character that everyone is in love with, which, I understand the reflex, when I first started writing, I wanted my main characters to be as beloved as I love them, but the thing is, is that making them perfect isn't the way to do it, and this gets to the heart of why Mary Sue's are annoying, because when we read or watch something, we want to relate to the people in the story. And because no one is perfect, seeing someone who's perfect instantly makes them unrelatable. And if they're unrelatable, you don't feel bad for them, and you largely don't care what happens to them. Which gets annoying when they're in every single scene. And oftentimes you start to actively root against them, which is not what you want. The best, most tried and true method to make your characters likable isn't to make them flawless. It's to give them redeemable flaws. Like, for example, if you have a character that is genuinely kind to everyone and is the typical mom friend, but is also horrifyingly powerful in a fight, it sounds close to a Mary Sue, right? Well, not if you make them someone who also becomes easily frustrated or they suspiciously easily change out of the persona to be a stone-cold, hard-ass, sadistic killer in a fight. Because having flaws is relatable, especially if they're flaws we think we have or that hit close to home for us in some way. But with that covered, how do you detect a Mary Sue? Like, what makes one a Mary Sue? Or, you know, let's call it MS. And trust me, this list is going to be a gotcha moment later on, so please remember it. Alright, so first and foremost, they don't have any flaws to speak of. Which, like, we just covered is annoying. 
Secondly, they're a fictional version of the author and everything they want to be. Now, third, they save the day every time regardless of the threat and usually don't seem any worse for wear for it. Now, you're allowed to have your protagonist win, both Pyrrhic and decisive victories, but when they're largely meaningless because your character's just too good, then your audience doesn't give a shit because the entire point of a story is conflict. And if every time they don't even break a sweat, there's no conflict. And it's the same thing when the story has no moral conundrums, no temptation to do the wrong thing, the MS has nothing to push back against them, and they never once do something morally questionable or are forced to do something morally questionable. They similarly have zero conflict and become less interesting as a character. Third, they're unbelievably attractive. I mean, which kind of just speaks for itself, honestly. Now, it's fine to have hot characters, and this is where a lot of the accusations kind of live, thinking that hot equals Mary Sue. It's not fine when taken in combination. And finally, their characterization is really polarized and also very weak, but they're still the center of the story. Like, they as a person are black and white, paper thin, and neither super edgelords or the most perfect princess in the world. Uh, you know, especially the manly man, man ones. But are still treated like the most fascinating and interesting person in the world, and also easily and quickly beloved, despite having literally nothing in their personality or characterization to back it up, much less even be a person. And these four things together is what constitutes a Mary Sue. But you don't have to have all of them. The most important ones are kind of like the, really the first and last ones. If they are entirely flawless and also entirely uninteresting, but are still the biggest piece of jerk-off material for literally every person in the world, you probably have a Mary Sue. But of course, you also likely have a Mary Sue if it's the second and third, because then that's just your waifu. Which, hey, we have an episode on that, go check it out. But yeah, that's what a Mary Sue is. So before we really start talking about like specific characters and all that stuff, let's talk about the history. Alright, so we have another concise timeline today because the history is both fairly recent and pretty consistent over the decades. So, we begin in either 1966 or 1969, because, I mean, fuck me, every time I write down one of those dates as the beginning of Star Trek, the answer is always the other one, so I'm just going to split the difference and say both. But, as I've already spoiled, Star Trek came out that year, which, importantly, had a surprisingly diverse audience for sci-fi at the time, with even at times as much as 50-60% to 60% of the fanbase being estimated to be women. And that's ignoring factors like sexual orientation and race. But important for this, after the show came off the air and fanzines continued to tell stories in that universe, a lot of the writers submitting their stories to these fanzines were largely young women that were inspired to write for the first time. And one of these fanzines, Menagerie, from its 1973 founding, received a lot of these submissions. And what the founders, Paula Smith and Sharon Ferraro, noticed was a pattern in these submissions. Young women boarding the Enterprise, being beloved by everyone, being good at everything, and being incredibly dashing and charming without really any downsides. 
and Smith and Ferraro didn't find this charming. Because this was very fucking annoying to have half your mailbox filled with my OC is the best OC and is totally not me stories. And after checking in with other fanzine writers, they noticed that a lot of fanzines were getting these kinds of submissions too. So they wrote a story to put in theirs called A Trekkie's Tale to demonstrate that all these submissions were basically the same thing. And in the story, the main character named Mary Sue was incredibly beloved by everyone that saw her, was put in the captain's chair after being hit on by Captain Kirk, who received being rejected very well, uh, and then told her to sit in his chair, um, received a compliment from Spock, who called doing this move uh, impeccable logic, fucking course, and also led the ship to an unimaginable victory and heroically sacrificed herself in the process, and everyone was very sad about it, and they built a statue. And that right there would be the origins of your typical Mary Sue story. And while they expected it to pop off and for the term to become used in fanzine circles and by Star Trek fans, they really did not expect it to pop off in the way that it did. In fact, almost 40 years later, when interviewed, both would say that they never really expected or wanted the term to have the impact that it has. And what impact is that? Well, mostly sexism. See, already 14 years after coming into being, the term Mary Sue was already becoming frustrating. Because in that time span, like a lot of things Star Trek, it spread across nerdom as a whole. And what a lot of nerds, mostly men, saw wasn't a kind of knowing character archetype that anyone could write. Instead, what they hyper-focused on was the woman aspect. And why did I say specifically 14 years? Well, because annoyance with the term had reached a fever pitch with a female author at Clippercon who said, quote, Every time I've tried to put a woman in a story I've ever written, everyone immediately says, this is a Mary Sue. But, of course, this vented frustration did nothing to curb the term, nor did continued discussion and dialogue about the term and its implications. As just three years later, at another Clippercon, did the sexism begin to get called out as panelists, and yes, multiple panelists, discuss how upsetting and concerning it was that, that any female character they created, or that was created by the community, was instantly labeled a Mary Sue. And this continued to get worse, with essentially a nerd war, which is basically groups of nerds trying to outright each other while being really passive-aggressive at conventions, uh, breaking out between the people that really don't like women, saying, well, if it has a vagina, it's a Mary Sue, and the people that are reasonably saying, hey, can you please not? And this remained at this, and this remained as the state of things for around 16 years, as, for the most part, while most nerds were aware of the term in some respect, there wasn't a ton of mind paid to it, and the ones who cared about the argument really cared and continued to fight. And in mainstream culture, no one cared. And that would be until 2006 with the creation of the fanfic My Immortal. And if you think I'm going to read My Immortal for this, you're wrong and stupid because I don't even read good books for these episodes. And also, go fuck yourself. Also, I'm kidding. I love you. Please come back. But this Harry Potter fanfic, which, holy shit, does that combination of words 
mean vastly different things depending on the generation you came from, and in my generation, it makes me sick to my stomach, introduced us to the most infamous Mary Sue. Ebony, dark, with an apostrophe-ness, Dementia Raven Way. And I, I gotta be careful around this amount of edge to avoid cutting myself. Like, I need my, my anti-cut gloves. Uh, but this... Oh God, also, I still haven't recovered from saying her name. <sighs> Give me a second. Okay. Uh, but this thrust the Mary Sue discussion into the mainstream as the story became more and more infamous, and it's still going. It's still hurting my brain that I said that. Um, and as it spread, people started to get dragged into the Mary Sue battle, eventually coming to where it is now. That being, just about every character with a vagina being called one. But most are for one of two reasons. I mean, firstly, yes, is the vulva. For some reason, nerd guys, when a woman enjoys one of our hobbies or is a character in one of our things, causes an instant knee-jerk reaction. And for some of us, it's to shit ourselves and scream Mary Sue as loud as they can. And the other reason is poor writing from either a new writer or from a writing team made up of mostly executives that has never written a script, seen a movie or a TV show, or a play, or have any experience in doing anything remotely useful to the creative process, or the production process, or, let me be honest, the process of anything that's not a capitalist fucking nightmare, and somehow manage to be in charge. And also, sometimes both of these things combined. With some of the biggest examples in the past, like, ten years being characters like Arya Stark, Ray and Katniss Everdeen. Um, Arya Stark became known as a Mary Sue after the writing of Game of Thrones went really bad, and the accusations began getting thrown around because she did literally only one of the criteria, did an impossible thing. Which also, depending on who you ask, was not an impossible thing. It was just a highly unlikely thing that multiple people from the same family would be able to do the same thing, but... Man, I'm a nerd, but sometimes I hate us sometimes. We fucking suck. Uh, uh, Ray was, from the beginning, written as a kind of lowest common denominator female character, uh, and also was a very vanilla movie. A vanilla Star Wars movie, mind you, which is like ordering vanilla chip vanilla ice cream. I mean, the thing about the man that made the original Star Wars trilogy wore dad clothes. Uh, and Katniss literally only gets called a Mary Sue because people don't know how to do literally the barest amount of critical thinking or critical analysis and are also unable to comprehend something that isn't directly spelled out for them. Which actually reminds me. You see what I did there? Okay, so where does the Mary Sue trope stand currently? I mean, the trope itself has actually always been generally the same. It's the identification of characters as one that's been getting worse. But see, this is actually an example of both sexism and people having no idea what the fuck they're talking about. 
See, the term as it applies to women, Mary Sue, is used constantly and incessantly. And this one is almost 100% sexism, because most guys, and I suppose maybe women, but I don't know, don't know what a Mary Sue actually is. All they know is woman. And so there's a female character they dislike for any reason, including literally just, ew, women icky, and they label her Mary Sue. And sometimes it's just to tear women down for fun. Because it's hard to justify why a character isn't a Mary Sue. It makes the person defending them look more suspicious. You know, it's like in uh, political arguments on Twitter, which, I mean, first of all, Jesus, that's asking for trouble. It's like in a political argument, if you call someone a Nazi or a pedophile, it's devastating. Because even though it's usually not even remotely true, both those things are things that when you deny them, make you seem more suspicious. And this accusation has only become more and more prolific over the years as women have had a bigger and bigger role in media and art. And it's not just as a pair of titties to ogle at or a damsel to save. As an actual character with things to say and goals and aspirations and, you know, other dumb shit humans do. So either from a place of un so either from a place of intentional malicious sexism or just not knowing any better, dudes shout Mary Sue from the rooftops at the slightest provocation. But also, much like how every square is a rectangle, but not every rectangle is a square, or how all of my holes are submissive and breedable, but not every submissive and breedable hole is mine, all Mary Sues are poorly written, but not all poor writing are Mary Sues. Uh, take Ray, for example. Sure, both poorly written and a woman. But let's go through our checklist. First, she is a flawed person. In the movie, she has, she has no real capacity to prioritize, which, I mean, neither does the script, but let's be fair, uh, is impatient, but is also extremely stubborn, um, and is quick to anger. But of course, that's not it. Secondly, she's also suffered some pretty good defeats, and while I won't say anything on the attractiveness scale, because... I think Daisy Ridley is beautiful. Uh, I don't think Ray is, which is, I think, actually intentional. And finally, she's kind of black and white and also vanilla, but again, it's because she's in a fucking Star Wars movie. But also, Ray and Kylo Ren are side characters in the story of what is ostensibly a story about Nazis. Because sure, we're supposed to care for these two characters, but they aren't important to the world, and most of the people around them are confused and or pissy about their whole, you know, kill me, fuck me, restore, destroy the Jedi slash Sith wormhole that they're circling around constantly. But, hey, going through the checklist doesn't really matter to these fucking people, because, uh-oh, it's a woman with unbelievably high skill levels who also is the main character, and she isn't being harassed in any way, so she's a Mary Sue... You know, or Captain Marvel, who is also constantly accused of being a Mary Sue. But the thing is that both in the comic books and the movies, her powers are literally just on an astronomically higher level than most of the other characters. But what's the difference between the two mediums? Well, I mean, one, the Marvel movies have gotten increasingly more formulaic and low effort, but also... Captain Marvel is the studio trying to deflect the many, many allegations of sexism in their movies 
by giving us an obnoxiously over-the-top, very liberal feminist character. And I mean, like, winking at the camera and saying women are just as good as men obnoxious, not, like, saying that feminism is, is obnoxious, because, like, I have two, maybe three episodes of this podcast talking about how I'm a feminist, and I have at least two on the other one, how I'm a feminist. But anyways, that's only one half of the story. See, because Marty Stew is also a term thrown around a lot. I mean, not as much, but it still does. But why is that? Why doesn't it get thrown out, thrown out too much? Well, because largely, Marty Stews are like the gold standard of things like action movies for generations. Because, you know, someone read James Bond before they really had the capacity to understand what any of the books meant. Also, he was books first, if you didn't know that. Or had one of those hyper-badass daydreams us guys have sometimes where we effortlessly defeat an entire room full of ninjas armed with fully automatic weapons with just our bare hands, and then they decide to make a movie about it. But because they're not focused on the writing or think that more action will make up for less plot, they tend to really fucking suck as characters and have all the aesthetic but none of the depth. And this reflects back onto the characterization. But these are still rewarded. Why? Because, largely, these are male power fantasies and they don't care about the plot. They want to vicariously feel badass and also watch things blow up. And seeing women get the same thing is terrifying, so they shall marry Sue whenever it happens. I mean, of course, these Marty Stews are very easy to see when you recognize it, but hey. But people still don't know what they're talking about. Because with both these tropes, any competent character is turned into a Sue. How do I know? I looked up Mary Sue's in fiction, and fucking everyone, from every character in Harry Potter, to the Winchesters from Supernatural, to Batman and Punisher... And even the Emperor from 40K, in addition to characters like Ray, Katniss, Arya, Milan, Buffy, the entire cast of Stranger Things, basically any female character that has said anything remotely feminist. And why? Because people don't know what it means. They think it means character that I don't like that's good at things, or important and powerful character, or main character who woke up with a bad case of the destined savior, and it's, it's, it's so annoying. I, sorry, it sounds like I lost steam at the end there, it's just, I had to, I had to contain the shouting. (laughs) Uh, okay, but I'm sure you're wondering something. Why am I starting to get heated? So, let's look into that. See, so, Why It Matters is actually going to be kind of a short segment today, because it's very simple. This matters because, well, yes, the actual term is meant to just be talking about a bad character and bad writing. Its wider usage is much more problematic and a lot more annoying. Because it's used to shut down not only female characters, but female creators. Since, sure, you can call a character a Mary Sue to basically dismantle their entire purpose by basically saying, Ew, women are cringe. But the problem becomes, what if that character is built with a purpose? 
or even more importantly, seeing this happen to fellow creators' creations, women become less interested in writing in general. Like, what if that character was the writer's way to explore themes of feminism and fighting against the patriarchy in a very real and intelligent way? She makes really good points, but is also good at things. Then all it takes is for one fanboy to go, well, I'm actually, she's a Mary Sue because she could use the Sword of Kings, which is meant for men because it's the Sword of Kings. Then by trying to defend her in any way, you're making her out to look like a Mary Sue by doing so much as saying, no, because. And if this can happen to that character, do you think a woman's going to want to fictionalize something very important to her and make a strong female character that serves a point when this is what you motherfuckers do every single time? But, again, like I said, this is short. Because a lot of the same reasons why this is important is the same reason why the boob armor, self-insert, gamer girls, and toxic gamer episodes were all important. Because this seems like silly shit to get worked up about, but ultimately, not curbing you motherfuckers using the term wrong isn't just being a grammar nerd. It's actively working against the best interests of women. The more you use this term wrong, the more it gets associated with women in general, not a character that's bad. So with that, let's talk about avoiding them. Bad characters, not women. Uh, You're already doing really good at avoiding women. Okay. So, the biggest piece of advice is actually put very succinctly by Ray Elliott writing for Barely Hair Books. See, I was scouring both my brain and the internet to look for some really simple advice before going to this big old long list of what to do. Luckily, Ray's can be simplified in one word. Why? The best way to avoid writing Mary Sue is to ask why and then answer your own question. Why did they do that? Why can they do that? Why are they thinking like this? Why does that guy like them? Why is everyone focused on them? If you can do that both honestly and through characterization and like written words, you can add elements to your character and make them more interesting organically and in a way where people can both actually like them and actually have some opinions about them. But, you know, let, let's say that's too hard or you need some, like, actual specific advice. In that case, follow these nine steps. So step one is to assign your character a purpose. Generally speaking, Mary Sue's do basically everything and solve everyone's problems. Or they sit around and do fuck all while everyone sings their praises. Which actually, in both cases, robs them of all purpose. So instead of giving them literally no reason to exist in the story or make the story entirely purposeless, Give them an actual purpose and identify them by a specific way to serve the plot. Like, for example, what if they're the only character that is physically capable of handling the MacGuffin, but it stops them from doing basically anything else because it physically drains them? Then, in that case, they have a purpose and clear limitations. Step two is to create flaws. Make parts of them undesirable or weak in ways that aren't She loves her friends so much that she would do anything for them. Because that's not a character flaw. Let's be honest, that's a plot device. Do things that make them an absolute asshole under specific circumstances. Like, 
when they're in a bar and they start preaching about how alcohol is bad for you. Or alternatively, make them incompetent in something that's actually plot-relevant. Maybe it's a fantasy story, and they literally refuse in any way to fight, and also have, you know, soft little baby hands that can't swing a sword well enough to even learn. And this helps to deflect them being a Mary Sue, and also ensure that they aren't hyper-competent in every area. And this also can help you to eliminate tokenism and be much more interesting as a character. Third is you gotta learn how to discern between quirks and character development. Because making a quirky character isn't the same thing as flaws or character development. Quirks are just weird little habits that can add depth to already deep characters. Adding them to a character that's not deep is just a lazy way to make them sound interesting. Because quirks arguably aren't even a personality trait, they're just weird things people do. Fourth is to go deeper into them. That's what she said. Make sure their flaws are intricate and actually mean something. Don't say overly ambitious, instead be more specific, like, she's so incredibly ambitious that she's not interested in preventing or controlling collateral damage in pursuit of her goals and interests. And this has caused her to harm the people around her that she loves, as well as being distressing to herself, but isn't something that she, but isn't something that she seems capable or willing to fix. See, that makes her a more interesting character. Even if she has a lot of other traits of being a Mary Sue, including a flaw and having people actually respond to it in a way that makes sense for the story, will make people ignore it or actually be interested in the character and want to see some character development, especially if it's something that personally affects them. Fifth, embrace their imperfections. It's okay to not be good at things and to suck or have times where you are genuinely a terrible person. In fact, this makes people more relatable, and also assuming it's not too terrible of a flaw, even lovable. And it makes people embrace your characters and relate because it's like them. Which again, makes them likable. Or, if they're lovable, like most people we love when they do some fucking goofy shit like burn down an entire city because they saw a large spider, we'll roll our eyes and say, you know, sometimes you're lucky I love you. But now we're going to go to the rapid fire because these are just more like general, like, these are how you build a character type things. Um, a lot of times Mary Sue's don't actually have, like, much of a character. Again, they're cardboard. You can just knock them over. Sixth is to assign some specific strengths and goals. Put limits to their strengths to make sure that these are clear and obvious. And also make sure that their strengths limits are obvious to the readers. Make these things plot-related, and their goals align with what's going on, so it feels like they're following the story. Seventh, write a background story. Make sure that actually, make sure they have an actual reason for the cool stuff that they do and can do, and why they have the capacities they have. Also, make sure that's like a reasonable backstory. Don't like, don't go weird with it. Just Make it kind of reasonable. Eighth, challenge them. Give them things they actually have to struggle against. Because this immediately and obviously removes them from being a Mary Sue definitionally. And finally, don't make everyone love them. I mean, you can love your wife on your own time, you self-sesty weirdo. Alright, to my soapbox, let's go. Uh. 
Alright, did I get as angry as I thought I would? Nah. I mean, am I annoyed? Oh, fuck yeah, I am. This trope's treatment is actually more annoying than the trope itself. I mean, because for me, if I don't like the Mary Sue someone's writing, and they're someone I care about, I have a fucking English degree. When I tell them, hey, how about you tighten up the graphics on page three, they usually listen because I've read a ton of books, am a writer, and I also do this show. Oh yeah, and again, I have a degree. Uh, and if it's something like a show I'm watching or a game I'm playing, I'll either kind of, I'll either, I mean, kind of rarely ignore it, or I'll just stop watching or playing because it's too annoying and be disappointed that that one character kind of ruined it for me. But the thing that enrages me is the fucking misuse. That pisses me off on several levels. I am firstly the feminist humanitarian angle. Because it's just a shitty thing to do to call someone's character a Mary Sue because she threads your very, very fragile masculinity and extremely small penis. And not only actively works against social good, but also works against women being interested in writing or entering the nerd world. Which, hey, dumbass, is how you get women interested in your hobbies and, if you're not a fucking weirdo, interested in you. To a much lesser degree, it's also annoying and stupid when stuff is misrepresented like this because the term becomes much less useful and a lot more lazy, which annoys me because at my heart, I am a language nerd. And the other level it pisses me off on is just how anti-newbie it is. Because using this term as an absolute negative is dumb. We've all written a Mary Sue. We've all had to start writing at some point. We've all been there, and to say otherwise is ridiculous. But, to then turn around and act like this is the worst thing ever discourages new people from trying because they're worried they'll make a Mary Sue and then get shit for it. So, how about we just cool it, huh? How about we stop using the term Mary Sue as much, and we just call it out for what it is? Bad writing. Anyways... <laughs> Uh, with all of that for you to think about, let's end the episode. Alright, and there's episode 19 done, and also why you should absolutely not be worried about uh, a woman being better at you than something, because, trust me, if you were better than her at that thing, she would still not have sex with you. But anyways, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast feed, like it, leave a review, whatever else it is you can do on your platform of choice. Send me an email at waytapods at gmail.com with questions, concerns, opinions, compliments, insults, um, actually your own Mary Sue's that you managed to uh, dredge up from old homework folders. Uh, hot takes on which characters are or aren't, and I am judging you and also tracking your location, and anything else you want to tell me. Also, follow me on Twitter at waytat underscore ponds. I would shout out the Facebook page, but I haven't updated that in a long time. Uh, and also, man, that did not. <laughs> I boosted one post, and whoop, man, the responses I got. Uh, also, remember to check out my other podcast, Waytat, where I talk about other topics that are usually a bit more complicated and also generally get the uh, rage coming out of me a lot harder. All right, have a good night. Have fun, keep writing, and remember, at some point, someone saw you as a Mary 2 too. What?
brain, brain, 